Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Cobra Crush Media presents Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share. Or at CloverCrestMedia.com, you can get all Keys to the City and many more podcasts at Clovercrest Media. So check us out. And if you want to join a podcast or you want to get into this type of field, whether it's editing or any of that type, or get in front of a camera, well, Contact that guy right on my right, and Joe, I don't know if I'm your left, so we're just, I don't know how the screen looks. Am I your, I'm your right, and yeah, okay. Anyways, we figured that out, thank God. Sometimes we can't figure out the left and right situation in the world. Well, we couldn't figure out coming into this season who was going to be taking over the league. Well, there's always up and down this season in the sense of the surprises, the shockers, and the twists and turns. Well, now we are finally... Getting into playoff time. Super wild card weekend. A historic season it was at Classic. Ended on such a a remarkable high note in the Oakland or Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Charger game last week. So we we're hoping and we could only expect that it was going to be an unbelievable and continue with that remarkable season that it was. But the postseason is a whole different animal as we've seen in past years. A whole different animal. And I think we really got to see that this weekend. You got to see the greats come out to play. And the greats showed up. The great teams that showed up. And I think you got to see the difference in what a great team is and a Super Bowl caliber team is compared to a team like the New England Patriots, like the Philadelphia Eagles, like the Las Vegas Raiders. Teams that are good. Teams that are right there. But they're missing that mega star or they're missing that one piece and it really showed this week weekend i should say of the great ones and the teams that are good yet still maybe a year behind so i'm going to start off with you guys whoever wants to take it away biggest takeaways from the weekend well i'll I'll do what i talked about with joe when you stepped out my two biggest takeaways is one the blowouts i thought we'd have much more competitive games throughout like we did with the first game of the playoffs, which it always seems like the dud, and that might have been the best game of the weekend, maybe the 49ers game, but we won't get into that. I'll say the competitiveness, the division games, Buffalo and New England, uh, Buffalo and um, New England, and of course last night's game, Arizona and the Rams. Two divisional games thought they would be much more competitive, like they were during the regular season. Not so much, but here's the other biggest takeaway: if you do not have an upper echelon quarterback, you have no chance of winning the Super Bowl. That's my biggest takeaway. As much as I enjoy Derek Carr and I like him as a player, he's not good enough to win you a Super Bowl. I don't think that is. He is not good enough. He needs what Eli Manning is. He needs a good pass rush. He needs a good running game. He needs a good supporting cast. Him himself cannot win you games. And I'm not saying Joe Burrow won the game by himself because he has an outstanding offense. With that being said, though, if you just watch the game, the moxie, the confidence that Joe Burrow has and the ability to make the big play is the difference of why the Bengals are advancing this week and the Raiders are not. Why are we throwing a short pass on fourth and goal when even if he did catch it, he wasn't going to score? 
Joe Burrow finds the throws, makes the throws. Josh Allen, he is a stud. When he is on, he might be the best quarterback in all of the NFL. The best quarterbacks are the difference why these teams are advancing. If you do not have an upper echelon quarterback, you got to keep drafting one or trading for one because you are just not going to be good enough to win the Super Bowl. You might get to the playoffs. You might be like the Raiders. You might be like the Eagles and get lucky and beat up on some bad teams. You are not going to be good enough to beat the upper echelon quarterbacks because if you look at it, except for the Dallas 49ers game, all the best quarterbacks won this weekend. And it, we talked about the end of the week, end of the year. All the best quarterbacks won their divisions. Sorry, Matthew Stafford was the best quarterback in that division from top to bottom, from the beginning to the end. As good as Kyle Murray played and as good as Russell Wilson had his ups and downs, Stafford was the best quarterback in the division. Brady, Herb, I mean, Mahomes, you name it, the best quarterbacks won their divisions. And that's the difference. So if I'm not there, like if I'm the Eagles, I know I'm close. But do I go make a trade for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson? Because I don't know if Jalen Hurts is good enough to beat an Aaron Rodgers, a Matthew Stafford, or Tom Brady. That's my biggest takeaway. If you don't have an elite quarterback, this league is so quarterback-driven now, more so than it ever was five years ago or ten years ago. If you do not have an upper echelon quarterback, you are not going to be good enough to get to the Super Bowl. You might get to the playoffs, but you're not good enough. So you're almost almost right. The the exception of the rule, uh, and you mentioned it, and I want I'm going to talk about the Raiders in a minute. But the 49ers and Jimmy G's already taken this team to a Super Bowl with the exact same formula, and that's the only other formula that works in this league. The, the, the only difference is Joe. They have a bona fide superstar that can do it all, and Debo Samuel, who's really coming to his own as, oh, of, as of this season. He's, listen. It, it helps because it, I was going to say, and this is why I don't, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with you, Ted, because you're exactly right if you look ar around the league. But if you've got a guy like Jimmy G, a guy like Derek Carr, or a guy like Ryan Tannehill, and you get him an elite wide receiver, and you've got that running game and a good defense, you can be there. It's yeah. harder. It's still harder. I I'll tell you that. But I think, again, you look at, you look at Tannehill – you look at Jimmy G, those are top 10 quarterbacks. But, but that's okay. why I would say, Joe, that's why I would say Jimmy G's game with Dallas and 49ers was the closer it was because if one of those yeah. other quarterbacks we were talking about, the 49ers should have blown out Dallas. If they didn't say more, Dallas, yeah, oh, they agree. That game's. I want to just ball. speak on the Raiders for a minute. Uh, Teddy and I talked about this when you stepped out. So I, I, I want to share this here because I, I think if you're the Raiders, I, you got to pat yourself on the back. Mm. I mean, you were right there. And you shouldn't even have been in the playoffs. You shouldn't have had a winning record. I mean, it all fell apart for that team. They've got to feel great about themselves. A, he a healthy Josh Jacobs with Derek Carr. They need a – I mean, let's let us let us talk about not only the impact of what happened to Henry Ruggs, but that's their that's their big guy. That's their stud receiver. That was a first-round pick for that's, that's That's production, like, for the few – that's got to be replaced immediately for that team. So Can let's not forget not only the emotional impact, but him literally not being there and what costs that team. That's a, a, a again, look at the, the Cardinals last night. Not having DeAndre Hopkins, that's a very different Cardinals offense. That guy being there, same thing with, with the Titans. No Julio Jones, no AJ Brown. That team struggles. You get one or both of those guys, and that's a great team. Derrick Henry joins them. Holy smokes. They could really do some damage. But, yeah, we, we, the other thing Teddy and I talked about was the, the quarterback carousel of last season. 
And I think you'll see it again this year. You, yeah. you need an elite quarterback or you need an elite defense with a, an elite running game or you have zero chance. And again, I think if, if you go the latter, you have, it's, you have to make sure you play outstanding defense. You have to be able to stop Mahomes and Rodgers and Brady from, or, or and Allen, I'll say, from putting up 35 or 40 points. So it, it's a it's a really tough way to win. It's the only other option you have in this league. And again, when you look at there's only a handful of those great quarterbacks. If you if you, you look at yeah, if you look tough. at all the teams that are remaining right now in the final eight teams, Cincinnati got a great quarterback, great running attack, solid defense. Um, 49ers, not the greatest quarterback, Jimmy G. He he had a solid year. He was playing well going into the playoffs, really almost blew the entire season for the San Francisco 49ers and his career as a 49ers quarterback. But they got a great running attack, a great defense. Josh Allen, you already know about the Bills. You already know about the Chiefs, um, the Bucks, the Packers. I don't need to really get into those guys. Tennessee Titans, when they're all healthy, they're one of the best offenses in the game. You're just seeing it. Yes, the teams that are still left in this game have either a great quarterback, they have a great defense, or a great running attack, or they have weapons on that offense. And that's why these are the best eight teams. And I don't care. I'm going to say it. The San Francisco 49ers are a better team than the Dallas Cowboys. Are they more talented? No. They may not be more talented, but we damn sure know that they are a better team. And I always like to compare it to baseball. We always like to talk about it. We compare it to the Yankees and Rays. We know that the Yankees are one of the most talented teams in all of baseball. But the better team the past couple of years all around hate to say it, has been the Tampa Bay Rays. That's why they've had greater success than the New York Yankees. San Francisco 49ers, they may not have the more, more – they probably might be the most least talented team left in the playoffs, but they got heart, they got a great coach, and they got all the things that you need to do right, and they do it well. Maybe with the exception of Jimmy G at times, they do everything else well, though. And that's why I felt like this San Francisco 49er team was going to beat the Dallas Cowboys – and I really do believe that they could go into Green Bay and they can beat the Green Bay Packers too. They have the formula. They'll have the philosophy. We're not going to get into the any of the divisional games because we'll be talking about that at the end of the week. And I cannot wait for each of these four games because, boy, oh, boy, the best eight teams are playing. And that's why I still will take the Tampa uh, – I will still take the 49ers over the Dallas Cowboys. That's why I chose them. I felt like they were the better team than Dallas Cowboys. Dallas might have more talent, but I will take the 49ers on a neutral site. 60 minutes? Give me the Niners. You you want one more takeaway from this weekend. Dallas should have never given Zeke the money. That guy is useless. At, 12 at carries. The time, no, at the time it looked great. But 12 carries, 31 like, yards. So you could see where this guy was headed. You you could see where this guy was headed. Yo, he's that was falling a off the cliff so fast. Bad idea. Unfortunate because he came in as a stud. And this is this is I, we're not going to talk about, but this is the question that continuously revolves around the NFL with running backs, Saquon, McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook. How much do you pay these guys and when do you pay them? Now, here's my thing. If you can do it, I'd pay them early. Pay them in the first two years if they got it. Get We're like, Joe, you know like baseball where we talk about the young guys? 20, pay them early so that, that by the end of the contract, if you need to, you can kick them out when there's not too much back – You know. Um, what was I going to say, dead cap space. So get it in early, you know, kind of give them their money, the frontal. 
you know, and then and get him out because what you think we realistically, if you're lucky, you get two contracts as a running back. You get eight good years. The special guys like Adrian Peterson's and some of the other guys that I'm not, I'm not thinking about at the top of my head, you get 10, 12, you know, but that doesn't happen no more. You're going to get five solid prime years for a running back, and that's it. That is the biggest choke job of the, the, the weekend. I won't, I'm not going to talk about the Patriots getting blown out because realistically, a little bit of a fool's gold. The Patriots had won a lot of games with the philosophy that, Joe, you were talking about. Run the football, play great defense, don't make mistakes, and coach it. But you can get away with that in the regular season. We talk about this in baseball a lot. You can win a lot of bad games during the regular season. But when the playoffs come, there is a there's a different atmosphere. The game becomes faster. The superstars become bigger, impactful players. Supporting cast are supposed to pick it up. The coach becomes – everything that – Everything that you make a mistake during the regular season, you can get away with. Like Dallas made mistakes this year with, and we talked about this with time management, right? Time management again affected the Dallas Cowboys at the end of the se- at the um in the playoffs, and that's part of the reason why they lost. Now, you, there's a bunch of other reasons why the Cowboys lost. The number one offense only scored 17 points. If you take the pick away that Jimmy G threw, they probably only scored 10 points. But the mis- this is what I would say is if you have certain flaws during the regular season. That pimple on your in your forehead becomes a huge zit and cis, and it becomes bigger in the playoffs. You, you, and and and, and teams take advantage. They find out what your mistake is in your fall, and they and they just jump on it. The Cowboys this year have not looked good the last eight games. They were flawed down the season. We looked at them like, oh, the Cowboys are good. They got a great defense. They're running. They're, they're opportunistic. Well, Trayvon Diggs gave up the most yards receiving. All right. Over 1,000 yards receiving this year. Yeah, he had 11 picks, but I said to someone at work the other day, he's like the New York Yankees uh, offensive lineup. They're hit or miss. They're a home run or they strike out 300 times. No one talks about the strikeouts when you hit 40 home runs. No one talks about the 1,000 yards receiving when you have 11 picks. So he's a mistake prone. And here's the other thing. They beat up on the NFC East. They had six wins in the NFC East this year. They were 6-0. and They beat up on the, the, the awful Giants, the Redskins, and the Eagles. Sorry, I said the Redskins, the football team. We all know what he meant. They had not been a playoff the team down the stretch. They lost to the Cardinals. They lost to the Raiders. I know the Broncos didn't make the playoffs, but they lost. They lost to the Chiefs. They had not played good football down the stretch. We were fooled by their fool's gold that their offense was subpar. But you know what? When you're beating up on JV teams, of course you're going to look good. How good would the Dallas Cowboys have been if they played in the NFC West? Or even the NFC South? So, and the same thing that goes for the Eagles, I will – We'll finish off with this. That's the biggest choke job. It's unfortunate Dallas can can not continually get over the hump. And there's three quarterbacks that get paid $40 million this year in the NFL. They're called Josh Allen, they're called Patrick Mahomes, and they're called Dak Prescott. The two guys that I mentioned first had maybe the best weekends of all quarterbacks this weekend. The other quarterback had his worst playoff game and maybe one of his worst games in his career. Only 53% completion percentage. Did not look good. Did not see the field well. And Dallas Cowboys, because your quarterback did not play well, you did not advance. Sorry, but it's another reason why you question Dak's performance and career of how well he is and can he advance them to the Super Bowl. I don't don't know why this should be news to people. I know everybody wants to say, like, Dak Prescott is a really good quarterback. I've I've been on the boat of, look, maybe this year was going to be different because he got the big money and he's getting paid like an elite quarterback. And everybody wants to say, well, he had a a great season last year before he got injured. Yeah, but they were one and four still. I mean, yeah, his season was a remarkable stats, statistical, uh, stats-wise, I should say. But – 
They were one and four last year. This year, they really, they really at times was more of a game manager throughout the season where they were getting carried by their defense and at times their running attack. It wasn't Dak. At the end of the season, yeah, he started playing well, but this was a team that I said, yeah, has all talent every year. They're one of the most talented teams in all of football. But Dak Prescott doesn't deserve $40 million. You're going to regret it, and I don't care. I've been saying it. I hope you give I hope you give him $100 million per year because I know what he's going to be, just like he was at Mississippi State. A solid quarterback in the SEC, beat up on, on good teams back in, back in that day. But then when he played teams like LSU and Alabama, Florida, Georgia, results were sp- spoken to. You Trevor, I- they were number one at one point, and that you never saw them again. My Trevor, if I may say this. Hold on. Hold on. I would just say this. Uh, he's closer to Jimmy G than he is the upper echelon quarterbacks. Okay. Anyways, my thing was, I also said at the beginning of the year, the Dallas Cowboys had a had strengths everywhere except one point. And I said this multiple times, the head coaching. And once again, Mike McCarthy's dumb, idiotic, idiotic play calling at the end of the game, plus Kellen Moore, if that's what they're saying, they both agreed to the play call, then that was going to be the issue down the stretch for the Dallas Cowboys. And once again, it was on display late Sunday night. And that's why the Dallas Cowboys will go one more year without not being in an not even a Super Bowl, but an NFC title game. I'm not complaining. I'm a Giant fan. I don't really care. And it was funny because us Giant fans, we haven't had great Sundays this whole season. This is the best Sunday I had all season. Saw the Philadelphia Eagles lose, and I saw the Dallas Cowboys lose. I can't complain about that. I know this is a silly question because, yeah, Dallas is the obvious biggest disappointment, Joe, because they were the one team. All the favorites pretty much won except this this Dallas team, and this was one of the favorites that looked like they could have been in the Super Bowl. But after seeing that game, what is your take on this whole Dallas situation right now? So I just looked up a couple things because I, I find this interesting. Dalton Schultz is the last couple of years starting to be a pretty good. He's a very, uh, very, very good team. tight end, actually. If you go through and look, though, every game that they lost this year, they loaded up on Dalton Schultz and ended up losing close games in all of those. So don't let it be lost on you that he was their leading receiver last night. 20 targets. Actually, 26 targets to Cooper, Wilson, and Lamb. They had 13 catches. That's about 50%. So if there's someone there maybe point the finger at, it might be all these stud receivers that this team has. There's always this talk about, you know, which which one of these guys is one and one who's 1A. Well, last night, they all played like a bunch of twos. And I, I think that hurt this team a lot. I, the Dak Prescott... It, Played his heart out. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, but is that more credit to the defense though, taking away Amari Cooper and CD Lamb? And, well, and here's the thing though. I on, think so. Joe. I was asking Joe. Hold on. Yeah, I, I mean, again, dude. When I throw to those guys, I expect them to catch the football, and they didn't. Like at an alarming pace. Like that's well, here, that's. Here's the thing though. The 49ers defense. We knew Trev. This is why. You were the smarter one of the two, and I was fooled. And so I think Joe was too because we both picked Dallas because I'm like, ah, you know what? Everyone's on the 49ers publicly betting. And I'm thinking, well, listen, if everyone's on the one team, you go against the public because that's how they build casinos and how you get rich. Just felt like, hey, maybe Dallas will just get over the hump, right? 
and they didn't. But, Joe, you made a good point. Dolan Schultz was their best playmaker in the game Sunday. CeeDee Lamb, stud, one catch. Mari Cooper, $100 million man, I think he had two catches. Right? These guys that were studs during the season didn't show up to play. If you're in, if you're a big time, Cooper Cup, look at Beckham last night. All right? Showed up. That's the difference. Big Stefan Diggs. You know what I mean? Devontae Adams is going to show up this week. So you show up in these big games. Kelsey freaking threw a touchdown. Here's big. Listen, yeah. big superstar. I, listen, I'm not a big fan of the first take show. All right. I probably haven't watched first take since last year when the Cowboys lost in the playoffs too, or whatever. It doesn't even matter if they, they make the playoffs last year. They didn't make the playoffs. I watched, I watched first take this week because I love when Stephen A and the Cowboys lose. I love it. Is he just, he's got the hat, he's got the cigar, he's making fun of Michael Irvin. But I thought Michael Irvin made a good point on the show yesterday. Your superstars have to play like superstars when the games matter the most. You can get away with your supporting cast during the regular season. Your supporting cast can't be your stars during the regular season. What I mean by that is, think about the Yankees, all right? We talk about the Yankees a lot. I know I'm relating some stuff to baseball, but baseball, but I'm sorry. You know, like Neil Walker and like your eighth play batting guy can't be your best player in the lineup. The guys like Judge and Stanton and, you know, DJ LeMayhew, you're a Yankee fan. Those are the guys that got to come through. Those are the ones you're paying the big bucks. Those are the ones that you that have to show up in the playoffs. They can't go one for 12 and they expect the, and your team to win. All right. Dak Prescott played his worst game as a quarterback. In a long time, and I can't even think of the last time. I mean, 53 completion percent. They couldn't run the ball. Now, and that's something that Dallas is good at, run the football. When they were successful, they were averaging over 160 yards rushing. Zeke looks like he lost a step. Okay, but whatever. He still can produce yards. Where was Tony Pollard? Is Tony Pollard still hurt? I didn't see him used at all. I thought the uh, the play calling by Kellen Moore was subpar. The defense, they had no sacks on Jimmy J. Five sacks on Dak. No sacks on Jimmy J. So you didn't have the pressure. Where was Demarcus Lawrence, a $100 million man? I didn't even know he was on the field. All right? Grandy Gregory, you're hugging Lyman like you're on a date at the uh, uh, Sweet 16 ball. You know what I mean? Trayvon Diggs, you're going to beat deep. You got beat deep on another one. If Jimmy G hits Brandon Ayuk down the sideline, who knows how big of a play do the 49ers score on that drive? I'm just saying the guys that were the biggest components for Dallas to be successful this year – were not at their best when it mattered the most. They all played their worst game. The pass rushers didn't show up. Micah Parsons is a stud, but he was coming off of COVID, and you could tell he wasn't at full strength. Their quarterback, who is supposed to be their leader, all right, wasn't their leader and had his worst game. And when your quarterback doesn't play well, I'm sorry, you're just not going to win because you're just not going to win. It's just the way, the nature of the ball game. No, if your, defense, no, if your quarterback plays bad, you have to have those other components and those other pieces Step to up. pick up, pick up the pick up the bad spots, pick up the bad pieces for you. Have to be have to take control of that moment. But they didn't, and I'm sick and tired of hearing everybody like the Dallas Cowboy franchise complain about, oh well, the refs screwed us. No, you no, they didn't. First of all, you screwed yourselves. You're the most penalized team in the all of the NFL. There's a problem. There's a reason for that. And it showed on Sunday night. You're an undisciplined football team, 14 penalties. I'm sorry. Plus, I know everybody wants to say that ref blew the game at the end. No, he was just – realistically, it's a rule. And I don't defend these refs at all. And that's one of my other – my biggest takeaways from this weekend is the referees just stop taking over games. You're ruining games. But my point is the ref did his job in that moment. 
And for everybody that wants to throw stuff and, and shame on the Dallas Cowboys franchise for, for, for supporting that, the throwing at the refs and stuff, as Dak Prescott did. And shame on that franchise because that's supposed to be your franchise quarterback. BS. That's a, that's a clown statement, Dak. And I didn't expect that to be from you. I lost a little respect for you after that, that little remark too. So the Dallas Cowboys, only blame yourselves for being one and done and not making it farther into this playoffs because I thought, and I don't want to ever see the Dallas Cowboys make a Super Bowl. That's just that's like one of my nightmares scenes in my life is to see the Dallas Cowboys in a Super Bowl. But I really did feel at some points this season and even late in the season because of the way that defense was playing that the Dallas Cowboys could make a deep Super Bowl run. But I'm not complaining, but it was also fool's goal because I thought that they were going to be better in moments like this. But I did go back to, and I wanted to relate it back to the whole Chargers-Dallas game back in the year where the Mike McCarthy situation, where they almost blew that game because Mike McCarthy didn't know how to use the clock management. And I was right on that point that Mike McCarthy would be the ultimate weakness of this team, and it really showed, and this coaching staff really showed on Sunday night. Every single team that threw the ball more than the other team lost. Joe Burrow is the only winning quarterback that attempted more than 30 passes. Yeah, Josh Allen threw like, I don't even know how many Josh Josh Allen and Garoppolo, I think, both threw 25. Stafford threw 17. Stafford threw like this. Ready? Put it like this. Derek Carr threw the ball 54 times. Jalen Hurts threw the ball 34. If they they thought they were going to win those games... Jalen Hurts had more carries than 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 the other three but running backs the thing, combined. Raiders, but that's the they thing, ran yeah. seven. They ran the ball seventeen times. Miles Sanders had seven. Gainwell and Scott each carried the ball once. Yeah, but they were. Yeah, but they uh, were listen, the I understand that. But when, when right off the if you thought Jalen Hurts at any point was was going to get you back into that game, look at Pittsburgh. Big Ben threw the ball uh, forty five times. What? 12 carries for Najee Harris. What was it, like scoreless at the half? Give me a break. Yeah, it was, it was 21-7 at the half. But they had Dude, right. time because the Chiefs I mean, scored 21 points in the final five minutes and 32 seconds. And right. that's the difference. They were, that's-, that's what I'm saying. They were in the game, and they just kept throwing the football. It's like, why don't you guys, I don't know, try to establish the run? Because, again, look at it. We talk about this being a passing league and elite quarterbacks. They all took care of business very efficiently, and they all threw less passes. But, the teams that were out there chucking the ball around the field were either losing or they were so far behind, that's all they had left. Again, recipe to lose. But that's also the thing that without the Raiders. The Raiders threw the ball 54 times, but they were having some – they've had some great success with running the football on this Cincinnati Bengal defense. The only thing was they were getting killed by penalties. So that's – maybe that Tennessee game gets a little more intriguing because of the way the success the Oakland – Las Vegas Raiders had on the Cincinnati Bengals in that running attack, knowing that there's a certain someone coming back to that Tennessee Titan offense. And I don't know if you heard of him, but his name is Derrick Henry. Should be a go. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't expect him to have a full workload. I expect him anywhere from 10 to 15 carries because Devontae Foreman has been a really good backup and, uh, for them, since Derrick Henry's been on, I know they've mixed in other guys. Adrian Peterson was there, but I don't expect the full work from Derrick Henry. But it's similar to what the Rams have done. They brought I was back just going to say, you look Cam at Akers and Michelle last night. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, I, love to just... I think that Cam Akers return is going to be a huge. Oh huge, yeah, huge definitely. And listen, right? Got. I mean, as much as you would have liked to have just thrown Cam Akers at him last night, you're gonna have to ease that guy into a into a steady workload, of course. But now think about this too, right? I know the Buccaneers took care of business this weekend, but having Leonard Fournette come back next week will be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Really important. And then I think about like the Packers, right? Part of their success this year has been the kid Dylan. AJ Dillon. It wasn't just Aaron Jones. Okay, New London, Connecticut. New London, Connecticut. Exactly. BC grad. Mm -hmm. But you have Aaron Jones. You know what he can do. He's explosive. He's he's like the Cam Akers. But now you bring in Dillon, brings in the power. Similar to what the Giants were successful. You had Bradshaw and you had Jacobs. And when the Giants had their stretch run, and I know we were talking about the Giants from ten years ago. But you look at a lot of teams that are successful, it's it's the running game. It's the balance because it just sets up everything else. If you become just a pass-happy team, you become one-dimensional. The defense and, – and, and that's part of the reason why the Chiefs were good, been successful. That's mm -hmm. why if you watch this game this week, Jared McKinnon. Yeah, he's been a huge – He was part of the piece this run. weekend, not just in the passing game, but the running game. He was very important, and then it just sets everything else up, and then you can start, you know, with the Kelsey I, touchdown pass and the jet sweeps and I also, the motions, and it's just I also think with the addition of Cam Akers, why it's going to be so huge, because it's just it's going to take off uh, so much pressure off Matthew Stafford. I know Sony Michelle and and um, Henderson were doing the job. They were further out this season. They were doing a great job, I, I should say, but it always felt like Matthew Stafford had the burden of, well, you're Matthew Stafford. You you have Cooper Cup. You got Robert Woods at, throughout the season. You got OBJ, Higby. You got all these weapons. It's kind of like those memes. Oh, Cooper Cup's right there. Let me just throw it to him. That's how I felt like at times. What I don't feel like Matthew Stafford has to do that now. With Cam Akers coming back and and, and looks like he's gonna maybe be a full go in the sense of carries and how much participation he's gonna have in the game. That's gonna take off a huge burden. For Matthew Stafford. Because well, go, Matthew bro. Stafford he, he like, put Buda Baker in the hospital. Yeah. yeah so, Dude, by started, the way, he started talking about good. the split workload. Uh, they combined for 30 carries and uh, 113 yards. That's great. Michelle and Akers. I mean, that's, that's, that's what, you, what need. you want. That's what there you, you need. There you go. Again, and you look at Stafford, I mentioned the 17 complete. He had a near perfect rating. His rating was a 154 something. Yeah, Matthew Stafford, we know how talented he is, but he doesn't need to be throwing the ball 40, 50 times. As, as I don't believe, no quarterback should be doing that. There should be some sort of balance, and it's good to see Buffalo. And I think that's why Buffalo has to get the earnings for me as most impressive is because they ran the ball efficiently. Devin Singletary, I mean, he's been kind of under the radar this whole year. Nobody's really talked about him. He hasn't really been impressing throughout the season, if you want to talk about fantasy purposes. But he really came into his own this game against a team that uh, the second best defense in football stats wise, but the New England Patriots got toasted. They got roasted and they are going home and they got to find ways to get better next year because this bills team, they're the most impressive team by far. I mean, you look at it, all these five of the six games were rematches from the season or divisional matchups. Think about it. The two teams to me that were most impressive. And I'm not going to say the Kansas city chiefs were impressive because we just saw two weeks ago, then do the exact same thing. So it wasn't impressive for me. This was a matchup that they should have dominated like they did. They should have put up 40-plus points on them. They did. Me, personally, it has to be either the Rams or it's got to be – or the Buffalo Bills. Hell, I'll put the 49ers. Anytime you could slow down and and 
take away a team like the Dallas Cowboys offense who can go at any moment and to really make them look incompetent at times was very impressive. I know they didn't win like dominant fashion, but the way they just made Dak and that offense look in, un, very, very uncomfortable throughout the entire game and not even not even blitzing. The one time they blitzed was that fourth and 11 call late in the game. They rushed four. That's what makes it more impressive. But for me, it's got to be the Buffalo Bills. You dominated a team that's been dominating your division for 20 years. This was the one. It felt like the biggest game in in Buffalo Bills history in the past 20 years because of the sense that it was the Patriots. It was a playoff game. You finally got to get over Big Brother and and show Big Brother that hey, your time has come. Move away. It's Little Brother's time, and the Buffalo Bills did that, and they did it in dominant fashion. And how can you not say it? If, Ted, you said it. Josh Allen plays the way he played on 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 Saturday night. Good luck. I mean, uh, Joe, I was going to let you expand because I feel like you were going to choose the Bills too. But I mean, because yeah, well, my, my so I I I listen because I can't. I didn't I didn't watch the first half as as Trevor pointed out. I didn't watch the first half of the game. Not, I had, had my eye on it, obviously, and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I did have some money invested in the game uh, the wrong way, just so you know, because I didn't expect that to happen. As I went back through the box score, though, I mean, I was floored at that performance. Somebody just said the Bucks were impressive. I thought they played well to start. Uh, Sander. You know, with, yeah, with the injuries and the stuff in the second half, I, I don't know. I mean, they seemed pretty useless. Uh, from late in the third quarter through the end of the game as the Eagles, you know, tried their best to play, you know, big boy football. Well, I still think the Rams, to me, was the most impressive team. I think, again, looking at that backfield and the, the depth there, you've got depth at receiver, you know, Jefferson and Higby. Like, those teams, that, that team scares me the most right now, and I think they finally got it all together. Odell Beckham looks motivated. That's scary. That's a, I've never seen him play like that in my life. He seemed focused and motivated. I think he wants to win right now. Well, if you don't if you don't remember the last time he was in a playoff game, he uh the last time the New York Giants were in a playoff game and was a big uh part of why the Giants lost that game. Drop passes. So he that was that was kind of a legacy game for himself and his purposes because of the fact that well, last time we saw him he didn't really perform for his team. I think Stafford and Beckham really need each other here to validate themselves in their careers. And again, you know, in watching this guy play and really watching him over the, the past couple of weeks really settle in there, you, you start to get the feeling like he he understands where he's at, that he he's auditioning for a job next he year. It's LA. There's a respect. He has for McVay. There's a respect that he has for Stafford. I know Sanders pulled it out. I was going to say it anyway. Beckham has <laughs> Beckham has six touchdowns for the for the Rams. I mean, the Brown. Listen, if I'm the Browns, I'm going. What did we do wrong? But I I would say that comes down to the quarterback. Comes down to the quarterback. There's a respect, and then just a fluidity with Matthew Stafford that he did not have a Baker Mayfield. As much as when I when Beckham got traded to the Browns, I'm like, oh my God, you know, because we're a giant fan, we're like, why do we just trade one of our best players? He never was a fit for Cleveland. He never doesn't seem like he's not a Cleveland guy. Okay. His girlfriend and fiance is an LA girl. She lives out in LA. He has every he's NBA material playing NFL. 
He's friends with LeBron. He's got the haircuts. He's got the sneaker deals. He's got the look. He's L.A. He's what L.A. is. He fits them. He, he respects them. Here's the thing. If I'm a team, because Beckham will be a free agent in the offseason, Beckham's only going to go to a team that's uh, um, that has a veteran quarterback. He's not going to go to no teams in New England or Philly or the Giants or the Jets who really need a guy like him. He's going to want it. Him, I could see him staying for the Rams, taking one of those two-year deals for real cheap because he understands he's made good money. He's made over $80 million as a football player. He's made over $45 million in endorsements. He will do fine if he just stays in L.A. Robert Woods will be back. He fits with Matthew Stafford, McVay. It's about winning now. Remember, you made your money. Now it's about Super Bowls. It's about winning. It's about this is where you get your credibility for your career in Hall of Fame. You can bring back a lot of the things that people had and thought you were going to be when you were signed as a New York Giant. Joe, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Most impressive team was the Rams. And I'm not digging the Bills because the Bills, were kind of, they were the most impressive because of dominance, the score. But they were the better team. This is the when we did our preseason rankings, when we did everything. This Bills team, we were predicted as the number one or two seed. We had them winning 12, 13, 14 games. They were in the AFC Championship game last year. They had the best quarterback coming back, maybe other than Mahomes in the whole in the whole NFL. He's the most talented player. The question was, could the Bills get over the hump? Yeah, they got beaten that awful, cold, windy game. Guess what? When the weather was normal or somewhat. The Bills smoke New England up there because they're the better team. They're the better offensive team. They're the better defensive player. And Sean McDermott is no slouch coach. He's as good. Belichick got the best out of what his team was. He got, I mean, I don't know if any other coaches get 10 wins out of the Patriots this year like he did. But they got a rookie quarterback. They got a young team. They had a bunch of free agents. They will get better in the future. But but for me, it was the Rams, all right? They had to get over the hump. Matthew Stafford had the most pressure. We talked about it last week. Had the most pressure going into the playoffs that I thought. It wasn't about team. It was about a player. He had never won a playoff game. He had the most touchdown passes, 323. Had not won a playoff game. He had the most games played and wins without winning a playoff game, all right? He played great last night. The running game was there. But if you really watched the game as a football fan and you understood what was going on, the Rams were dominant. If you watch. The physicality that I saw from the Rams last night is something that they lacked all regular season. That's part of the reason why they got beat up against the 49ers in some of the games that they lost, because they were a finesse team. Watch the game last night. The hitting on the defensive side of the ball on the Rams came to attack, mm -hmm. pulverizing. Every hit was smack. You could hear it. Even the, I mean, you just look at how Cam Akers ran last night physicality wasn't going sliding down taking it punishing the defense of Arizona that's why I mean Buda Baker is one of the best safeties ran him over knocked him out I mean physicality Aaron Donald the defensive line it was I think about this of course I'm going back to the Giants but the Patriots were the better team in that 2007 Super Bowl right they but the, the Patriots were a finesse team they were scoring high flying the Giants came in and just beat them up. Physicality, just boom, boom, body punch, like Rocky. Wasn't Mr. T with the knockouts. It was body punches and, and just beat up on you and war on you. And that's what the Rams did, and that's what the Giants and the Patriots, they beat them up physicality. And that's what the, you watched the Rams defense line last night. Gaines, Donald, Floyd, uh, Von Miller, just bringing it every single play. Kyle Murray looked lost. They had no running game. They had negative yards passing. They they just seemed so overwhelmed last night. At least the Patriots were able to move the football a little bit. Arizona had no chance. I mean, they were. I'm surprised they scored as many points as they did. And 
the Rams just took it to them, and and it was an, an impressive. And that's and the reason why I said that too is something that we have been asking and wondering if the Rams could do all season. Could they bring the physicality? Could Matthew Stafford play good, solid football and not make the mistake? Were they going to run the football? And was that defense that we thought would be elite show up? And they did everything last night. Hopefully, for their sake, they can continue it because if they do, I think they're going to give big trouble to Tom Brady and Tampa Bay next week as they beat them in October earlier this season. But both teams are different. But we'll see what happens. Should be a great week in football. I saw earlier today, uh, Stephen A. Smith said something uh, along the lines of Bill Belichick will never win a Super Bowl again. And I, like Teddy just said, I don't think anybody else gets that team to 10 wins or makes them relevant or late in the season when we were talking about whether that team might be a possible Super Bowl contender. The 2000 Patriots were 5-11. and It's a terrible football team. The 2001 Patriots were 11 and five on the Super Bowl. That guy does amazing things. I think, I think, I, I think agree. this is such an amazing first year from Mac Jones and this team, and more so for the team than Mac Jones. I think the experience this guy gained, I think getting blown out in the play, it's not the worst thing that ever happened to him. It's just going to make them better. I think and it's going to make this AFC East wild for like the next decade or so. Only way that happens, Joe, and I'll, I'll agree with um, Stephen A. Smith, actually, with this point. I don't see the Patriots or Bill Belichick winning another Super Bowl unless they find another major weapon for that offense. Because that offense, yes, they have guys like Kendrick Bourne oh, well, so and, and Nelson Aguilar. Huh? How hard would that be for him to go it out should, there and, it and find be, it a stud be. weapon? Of course not. So why would you think he wouldn't be able to? It shouldn't Listen, be that hard. But this guy on. went was into the season thinking this team was going to be very defensive-oriented, which it obviously was. I, the, the, out, the offense outplayed what I think in his wildest dreams he thought it was going to be. And again, you know, I and I brought this up a bunch of times, but Matt Jones at Alabama, it's all, all the weapons around him. Well, why is he so good in the NFL? With no weapons around him, with I mean, a bunch maybe, of with a bunch of meat, dude. Name a tell me what what Patriots player would be starting on on other teams Jacoby, over other Jacoby, players? Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne. No, no, they wouldn't be starting. They'd be number three. They would not. They would Hunter, none of those guys is a stud receiver one. by any Hunter, stretch. No, no. What, Henry, I was, what I was trying to say is, um, in the sense of going to get a weapon, yeah, you could probably go get a weapon, but many of the weapons that. That we're trying to get when I'm talking big stars, I'm talking about one of the major names. Most of them are under contract. Like this year, good receiving class. You got a guy like Chris Chris Godwin coming out, but you also oh, got the Beckham. best. You got the, you also have the best receiver in football going to be a free agent. Don't know where he's going to go if he's going to stay in Green Bay or he's going to find a new home. Devontae Adams could be available too. Just saying, but the Packers have insisted that they are going to franchise him and they're going to try to keep the band back together. I'm just saying, Green Bay, you're going to have to because if you let those two guys go away, good luck being back in the dumps right now because that's why I don't see anything happening with Jordan Love as the franchise. But the Patriots, they're going to be fine. They were very impressive, like you said, very impressive. But Buffalo was the better team all season, and it showed on Saturday night. Look, we've seen so far – 14 best teams, we are down to eight teams, and the eight best teams are left in the playoffs. It's just a damn shame. And we're going to have to see two matchups from both conferences. Oh, we lost Ted. From both conferences that you're not going to see a Chiefs or the Bills 
One of those teams will not be going to the AFC Championship game. And the Bucks and Rams may not be going to the NFC title game. We're going to be talking about that all later on in the week. Ted lost. What, Ted, am I going to get a text? Ted lost power? Last week it's Joe. I think, I think Ted said at 3 o'clock, come hell or high water, he was going to eat that sandwich he talked about at what 2 sandwich? o'clock. He, he, left a sandwich three, he, was, he left at 3 o'clock because of a damn sandwich? I think so. I did not know about this. Ted Listen. likes sandwiches as much as I do. I get it. Ted likes food. <laughs> we all know that. That's why you got also, to the stage. Ted's eats. Sander just brought up real quick, uh, Jamar Chase obviously going with Burrow and uh, Waddle going with Tua. How about John Mechie going to New England with Mac Jones? That might be fun. Or, J- or Jamison Williams. Or Jamison Williams well, if you like solid both ACLs. Those, both <laughs> of those guys have ACL injuries. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I can't wait. We're gonna be back later in the week. I can't. I hope Ted really didn't leave because oh, he's, no, he's back. back. He already ate it. He already ate the sandwich. That's how good he is. He ate that sandwich. Look, he's done. How was the sandwich? Did you guys freeze? No. Yeah, we froze. We were frozen the whole time. <laughs> Dude, all three of you guys froze. Then all three of you guys went black screen. Then I had the circle, and then all of a sudden it says no Wi-Fi. No, I look at the bars, and they're all five. All five of them are lit, lit up. Why, why, why do we have to? We got to talk to our uh, engineer guy or something. Dude, I don't. Dude, I have technical no, difficulties happen way too often on this show. Dude, and I, I just see Joe. I see I Joe on like the other shows, and Joe's crystal clear for an hour and a half, but he comes on for 40 minutes with the Keys Brothers. See, that's the problem. All hell breaks loose when we're out. Dude, we're Jeff, I'm literally sitting back like this going, wait, I'm laughing, going, wait, what just happened? Did yeah, I was looking at you. You're like, he's not saying anything. And then he just went away. And then Joe's like, Oh yeah, he, he at three o'clock. Come high, high water or hell. He's going to get some. He's going to get some food. He's going to eat a sandwich. I can't believe you were you literally. I'm like, oh, we just lost the rest of our show. Trevor literally was about to say, yeah, blah blah blah. Well, I was about to sign. I was literally about to sign off anyway because we just we just finished up the point. That's great. You know what? Then I couldn't interrupt your final thought, which is even better. Yeah, I was just saying it was a damn like I can't wait to first. 14 teams were in. Now we're down to the Elite Eight. And, boy, it's going to be a damn shame, like I said earlier, that we're going to have to see two matchups in both conferences. One of those games, you're going to see either the Bills or Chiefs advance, and the other is going to be the Rams or Buccaneers. Won't be seeing those NFC title or AFC title games this year, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll talk about that all on Friday. I cannot wait for Divisional Weekend. San Francisco 49ers, wild card. Do they the throne once again and upset – the, or have their number, Aaron Rodgers' number, because it seems like as of recently, especially in the playoffs, he has. We'll talk all about that, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot wait for this weekend. We'll hope that wild card, well, divisional rounds will be better than the wild card round because all these games, with the exception of the first game and the Dallas game, were stinkers. Snoozers. They were stinkers. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no, no other way that when you see 30-point blowouts and 20-point blowouts, Give me a better word. It's not competitive. wasn't fun. You can go to sleep. Sometimes, sometimes more teams is not always better. Amen. For all those college football nerds too that want twelve teams. Sometimes more. It's not the. It's not the best. Why? Solution. So you watch Georgia blow out someone else. Everyone thinking Coastal Michigan Carolina. We'll just use Coastal Carolina from now on as the. It wouldn't kill anybody to just slide one of those non-power fives in there every now and again. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Joe, once again. <laughs> oh, Joe, as long as they don't have to play Alabama and Georgia in the first round, they have a chance. Yeah, 
Yes, I'm telling you, it makes a big difference. <laughs> no one's going to beat them. I think that goes We'll have to talk about it. We'll have to talk about it, but I saw some rumors that Harbaugh wants the Giants, and the Giants want Harbaugh. I heard that they want Flores, too, and Deshaun Watson. I don't want Flores. Flores is going not to the Giants. We'll, not- we'll talk all about that. Once the New York Giants find the new GM, and once these teams, big breaking news last night coming in right before the Sunday night, or Monday night game, Las Vegas Raiders. There's an opening GM position now for the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll see what happens. There is a lot going on in the NFL season and more to come with the next coming three weeks as we narrow it down to who's going to SoFi Stadium to get a chance at the Lombardi Trophy. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. You can also check out Clovercrest Media at clovercrestmedia.com or the Joseph McGuire at Twitter, Podcaster Joe, and many more shows of the Clovercrest brand. Ladies and gentlemen, Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness. In the making, double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut.